0: Thanks for joining us for the Bread of Life, a ministry of the Bread of Life Fellowship in Boise. To contact us, call us at 208-331-4096. That number again is 208-331-4096. Now here's Joel Van Hoogen. We are considering three calls that God sends out to us, demanding our efforts to reach lost people with the message of God's saving work in Jesus Christ. The first call we considered was one that came from above, It's the call of heaven, and it's recorded in God's word in Isaiah chapter 6. There, angels worship God in his presence, crying out, Holy, Holy, Holy. And as we worship God as well, we hear him say, Who will go for me, and who shall I send? The second call is found in Acts chapter 16, where Paul hears the Macedonian man in a vision crying out to him, saying, Come over and help us. This is the call of earth it's the call of man, it is happening all around us, and we hear this call only as we give ourselves to labor to serve others and to tell others of the Savior's love for them. Two calls, and one is still yet to be heard. Listen, when you give yourself to labor and you give yourself to serve God and you just answer the command of God and you start to pour your life and love and seeking Christ to pour itself out of you over the lives of needy people and you seek to reach them through your prayers and through your witness, at some point in time they become eloquent to you even if they don't know it and their life cries out to you and their hands begin to spread out before you saying, come and help us! Come help us! You sense it and you feel it. And it's all around you. It's all around you. It's the cry that comes to those who are laboring. It's the cry of men. By the way, you might say, what about my friends? My friends aren't interested in the gospel. They actually resist me. They won't receive what I say. They close their ears off from me. They never say they need help. They're happy and they're content. Let me read you a quote from Charles Spurgeon who spoke about this very idea when he was considering this call of the Macedonian man. It's about 150 years ago. My neighbors aren't interested. They're not putting their hands out to me. They're not extending it. They reject what I have to say. They push me away. Spurgeon writes this. Every day and every hour, the nations of the earth are saying, come over and help us. Do you know that the loudest eloquence is silence? The sight of silent, dumb misery is the highest eloquence to a tender heart. If I see a person in the street, sick, faint, and dying... Although he spoke not to me, though he asked me not to befriend him, I should think that the weakness of his silence more potent than all the power of his words. Yes, and if I saw him like a maniac, rejecting my help and pushing me away from him, if I was convinced that he was really a maniac for that very reason that he needed my help, I would thrust my aid upon him. I would willingly give him my help and assistance, and so must you. The nations and the unbelieving, unsaved lost of this earth are dead in their sins. How can they cry to you? But it's yours to see their misery. It is for you to consider their everlasting ruin. And let the poor, poor, dumb wounds of this bleeding earth speak to you. It is true the earth is a maniac, and it puts away the only cure. But what care we for that? It is ours to thrust our kindness upon unwilling men, because we believe their unwillingness arises from the madness of their disease. Unborn generations shall bless the people that sent the gospel, which at first their fathers did reject. You keep going. You keep pursuing, even those who seem resistant. Here's the third call. It's the call that comes from beneath us. It's found in Luke chapter 16, verses 19 through 31. Luke 16, 19 through 31. Jesus tells the story of the rich man and the poor man named Lazarus that sat outside the rich man's gate. And on the same day, the rich man who had received great plenty and bounty in life and the poor man who ate the scraps that the rich man put out on his gate for his dogs to eat, both of them died in the same night. And the rich man went to Hades, basically a holding cell, before he's sent off into eternal ruin. And the poor man went to what's called Abraham's bosom, which now is in the presence of the Lord Jesus. And in this place, we're told that the rich man looks across. He sees Lazarus being comforted by Father Abraham in Abraham's bosom. And he cries out and says, Father Abraham, have mercy on me and send Lazarus that he may dip the tip of his finger in water and cool my tongue, for I am tormented in this flame. Send Lazarus over here, because I'm in torment in the agony of hell, and I thirst. I thirst. Abraham points out to him that it's not possible, that there's a divide between heaven and hell, and it's impassable. And those who reach either destination are fixed there forever. Those who are secure in heavenly glory are secure in heavenly glory. And those who are cast into unending hell are cast into unending hell. There's no passageway. There's no movement between the two. This man in conscience misery then cries out and says this. Then he said, I beg you therefore, Father, that you would send Lazarus to my father's house. For I have five brothers that he might testify to them that they also not come to this place of torment. Somebody go and warn them, he's saying. Now this is the call that comes from beneath us. And this is the call of hell. And this call is heard by the one given to deep intercession for the lost. So deep and so profound that they begin to understand and perceive the destination of those who don't know Jesus Christ, even when those individuals don't perceive it themselves. Even though individuals are living rich and are feeding themselves and seem to be proven successes, they sense and know the hell that stands before them. It's the call of the damned. The first is a call from above us. It's the call of heaven. It's the call of the holy God. It comes to those who are worshiping God. The second one is the call from around us. It's the call of earth. It's the call of man. It's the cry that goes to those who are working to express the life of Christ to others. The third... It's the call that's from beneath us. It's the call of hell. It's the call that's heard by those who are given to intercede and pray for the lost that they love and care for. And it's the call of the damned. Maybe you've not heard this call before. And I'm going to suggest to you how you might get yourself in a position where you hear it more clearly. I want you to remember that when the Lord Jesus gave his command to reach the lost in Matthew chapter 28, verses 18 through 20, remember there it's the Great Commission go into all the world and make disciples. There's our commission to go and live our lives by faith to reach as many people for Christ as possible. There, before he gives the command to his disciples, we're told that they worshipped him. They saw him and they worshipped him. You want to get yourself in the position to hear God's cry, who will go for me and who will I send? Worship him. Cultivate a deep, adoring worship in your life daily, day by day, until God stokes in your life a sense of God's call to reach lost people so that they might come and worship as well. You'll also see that when Jesus gave this command, before he gave the command, he said this, all authority is given unto me. In other words, do what I tell you. So here's another one, do what he tells you. Begin obeying him. If you'll begin obeying him, and the Bible says you're to owe no man anything but to love them. You obey them by living your life out in love towards others and giving yourself in love towards others. And as you do, you'll hear the cry of earth. Come and help us. Come and help us. Even from stubborn neighbors that you would think, oh man, that guy is so hard. No. You start loving him and acting in love towards him. And your heart will soften up that you'll see in the edges of that man's life. And you'll hear in the the periphery of that man's life his heart cry, come and help me. Come and help us. And then let me just say to you, pray, 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 pray for them. And you might even hear the cry that comes up from beneath the earth in the torment of hell and those who would cry out saying, warn them lest they come to this place of torment. One last thing. If you still can't hear it, if you want to bring yourself to a place where you seize hold of the compelling motivation of God's call in this way, Spend time meditating on the cross and look to the cross. Jesus Christ has risen. He's triumphant. He's no longer upon the cross. But for a moment, let your mind go back to that time when the Son of Man, the pure Son of God was nailed to the cross and He was bleeding and dying for you. And as you look upon Him and let your eyes rest upon Him by faith, take note of who's there. And who is there lifted up the cross but the holy God. And as he's upon that cross, the angels are still crying out, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty. The whole earth is full of his glory. And worship the Christ of the cross. Worship him. And hear him speak from the cross, saying, Who will I send and who will go for me? And look again. And what you see is a man. A man who is born of a woman. A man who was born under the law. A man who knew temptation in all points like we did, yet without sin. A man who knew fatigue, so fatigued that he would sleep in a boat in the middle of a storm. A man who said he had no place to lay his own head. A man. And now that man's body is beaten and battered and bruised and bleeding for you, and his arms are outstretched and he's pleading to you, and he's saying, come over and help us. It's seen in the cross. And look again. And here's something. There is the holy God hanging upon the cross. There is a man suffering on the cross calling out to us. And look again and what you see and understand is there is a damned one on the cross as well. Because he who knew no sin is being made sin for us. And He is bearing the brunt of the hell we deserve at this very moment. And as He's in the midst of the agonies of the cross, He cries out, I thirst! I thirst! Somebody go and warn them, lest they come to this place of torment. Can you see it? Can you hear it? A call so complete so unavoidable, so compelling that it is a motivation that will not let go of us until our life of faith is done and the race is won. It's a call that is on you if you're a follower of Jesus Christ. It's a call that's on me. We'll look for that motivation. We'll listen to it. It will hold us for now. Let's bow our heads and let's pray. Never to forget. Never to forget. As we come with our prayers, as we consider the cross, never to forget, O holy God, what you have done for us to make us clean. Done so that we might be in relationship with you and know you. Done that we might be cleansed of our sins and Our condemnation and our shame would be driven away from us, done so that we with unclean lips might instead have clean hearts and be made clean by you. The great work that you've done for us, O God, to come and pour oil into our wounds and to bring healing to our broken spirits and hearts and to change us and transform us and to heal us, us weak men of the flesh, done so that we might escape the agonies of hell because you bore them on our behalf. And in that great work, oh God, the call resonates to us who have found this great gift, that we are debtors of the gospel. Thank you for joining us today at the Bread of Life, the radio ministry of the Bread of Life Fellowship in Boise, Idaho. It's our delight to share with you a morsel from our weekly time in God's Word. If you'd like a copy of this message, call us at 208-331-4096. Or go to breadoflifeboise.org to learn more. Until the next time, God bless you.